Hello, this is James from Your Favorite Football Podcast, and I know it's been a while since we've actually been on a on an episode and be able to talk sports with you guys. Um, I just kind of want to update you to kind of what has been going on. So the episode that you're about to listen to was actually recorded on May 20th. That would have been the Thursday before last, um, which would be the top 10 players of all time um, that Pat, Rachel, and I created. And... Between then and now, um, like Rayson said it best a couple episodes ago, you know, when he made his return to your favorite football, your favorite football podcast, and it's that you know sometimes life throws you curveballs, um, and it has done exactly that. In fact, to where you know life has thrown us a lot of curveballs to where we have all three kind of been busy and life has been kind of hectic, but um. So, which has kind of prohibited us from posting this and also recording another episode since then. But do not fret because we have some good things on the horizon coming up for you guys here um, rather shortly. In fact, I am recording an episode of Road Tripping Tomorrow, um, Cowboys Edition, um, and we will be back Thursday, hopefully. I mean, I'm actually for sure we'll be back Thursday with um, the top 10 list of college football programs that when they are good, college football is better for it um and then Rachel and I are in uh, talks of doing road tripping episodes this weekend also um for the Cardinals and the Jaguars so um we will definitely let you know more about that coming Thursday but yeah before that we started the episode I just want to kind of give you a rundown of what has been going on and um kind of why we've been um uh missing um for the last couple weeks so I hope um I hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you Thursday on your favorite football podcast. Welcome into another edition of your favorite football podcast. I'm Raceland alongside me today is Pat and James. Uh, today we're going to be talking our top ten players of all time. Not our top favorite, not our not our favorite, but who we view are the top ten players of all time. Uh, first, we do want to talk a little bit about some news going on in the NFL. Um, Tim Tebow did sign a contract this morning, so he is going to be in training camp with the Jaguars. And uh, the Falcons are looking at trading Julio Jones. They came up today and said that they are wanting to trade him, um, mainly because of salary cap. They, they view he's, he's making too much, and they, they can't really can't really do much uh, with his contract still on payroll. So um, just dive right into it. James, what do you think of the TiVo signing uh, being official? Um, as we all know, it's been rumored since the draft. I mean, the opening Thursday of the draft has been a rumor, right? Um, but it, it is what it is. Um, it's an opportunity. I think, you know, People are still overreacting about that, and it's it's a one year contract. It's an opportunity. He was literally number ninety um, for the practice roster, which for those uh, you know that's the, you can only have ninety guys going into camp, and he was number ninety. Um, and the guy they had to cut in order for to make that roster spot was Raquel Armstead, which. Last year, because of COVID, I don't think he played and he was injured. So it was that he had a it was a not a good year for him, um, not really on the field, but just things prohibiting him from getting on the field. Um, 
I wish them nothing but the best. I kind of liked them, but, you know, they had to go their separate ways. But when it comes to Tebow, I mean, I looked at pictures today. I mean, today was his first day at practice. He looks big. Like, he's not the same Tebow that we saw when he was a quarterback. He's whiter. He looks more He looks more like a tight end. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be a great tight end. and We don't know. That's yet to be seen. But, um, look, I mean, I, I heard it today on the radio, and I, I'm going to say it again. Shad Khan's loving this. He's loving it because now you know for a fact you're going to be selling a lot of tickets. You have Trevor, Le- Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and, oh, Jacksonville's favorite son, Urban Meyer, uh, Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow. Oh, Urban Meyer, that was at one point. Urban Meyer, sure, too. <laughs> um, I mean, you're going to sell tickets, and, and it's going to be a different energy in the stadium. And if you're Shad Khan, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show, too, I heard this. It's a business. I mean, it's a business, and that's what people tend to forget, especially ESPN, which for some reason – Oh, we don't care about Jacksonville. I don't have. I care less. Well, you sure are talking a lot of negative things about a team that you really don't care about. So maybe you should shut up. Oh, geez. Irritate me. But then we're gonna. No, we have our own little Dave LaGreca moment here. Because here's the problem. Here's the problem I have. Today I was scrolling through Twitter during my lunch. I was having a nice, peaceful, relaxing lunch break, listening to a great pack. Pat McAfee show, and I saw a guy on Twitter post a picture of Tim Tebow and send some something ridiculous. Um, maybe you should watch the whole video. Seriously, he took a screen cap. It was a picture of something, and they thought something else was actually happening. But in reality, in the actual video, it was him shaking a dude's hand and them laughing and walking back to the locker room. People are so obsessed with trying to make any story, especially when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, a negative story. How about Atlanta, who are trying to trade their best receiver when they're supposed to be in win-now mode? Well, let's trade your best receiver, receiver Julio Jones, in win-now mode. What, what are you guys talking about? You're stuck on 10 Tebow getting a 90th roster spot. Give me a break. Well, the number one thing that I've seen going back and forth with Tim Tebow and actually getting a chance is the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. And to that, I have to say, Kaepernick didn't try out for another position. He wanted to be quarterback. He's not good. He got benched by Blaine Gabbert. I mean, that that alone right there says, you know, he's not very good. He's not going to play. So the reason why Tebow got another shot is because he switched positions to tight end, which, like you said, Shad Khan's going to love it because of the name. It's going to bring more ticket sales, obviously. And it's only a one-year deal. If he makes it on the team, great. If he does good, even better. If he doesn't, who cares? One year. Yeah, I was going to ask, James, you, what are you hearing? Like, do, do Jaguar fans think like he's actually going to make the final roster? Do so they think he'll make the, the practice squad? If, if you're listening to Jacksonville media and Jacksonville fan base, it's a lot of what Pat just said. If he does, if he's good, it's a great, great surprise. If he's bad, he doesn't make the team. If he's not, if he's bad, then we cut him. It's not like he's on a five-year deal. It's a, it's an, it's a tryout. Right. Um, and, and that's what it is. And I think that's what you're going to hear a lot of Jacksonville fans. I think we're just as a Jaguar fan, and I, I've seen this on Jaguars Twitter. Um, I think we're all kind of surprised that on the on the Jacksonville NFL shop page, his 
jerseys already on the front. So it, that's kind of surprising and hilarious. Um, you can go buy a number 85 Tim Tebow jersey for $119. Um, well, the reason being is because they know they don't like to talk about Jacksonville. They don't like to talk good things about Jacksonville. But they want to make money, and they know damn well it'll sell. And it's going to. Um, it's going to sell, but, I mean, when we go, when Rachel and I go to Jacksonville in week three, I it, it, compared to the Trevor Lawrence jerseys or Maurice Jones oh, jerseys well, sure. retro guys, it's going to be a pimple on a face. Um, oh, well, sure, but, I mean, it'll sell more than you think. Yeah, I agree. I just, when it comes to, like, the main guys, like, you know, why they have to, I mean, it's a, why are they overreacting? I get why they're overreacting. They got to get views. They got to keep ratings up. They got to talk about something in the dreadful NFL offseason. But, you know, it is what it is. What it, I mean, it's just, it's a tryout. They act like it's, he's going to, they're automatically assuming he's making the team. He's going to be trotting to be the number one tight end week one. I mean, you hear guys like, this is a, like, who was it? Greg McElroy? This is a, he said something yeah. like that. This is a dumb decision. Oh, I'm well. going to go and read that. Yeah, give me the exact quote. Greg, Greg McElroy is just jealous because he couldn't also, make it in the NFL and he didn't switch positions. Also, who gives a crap about what Greg McElroy thinks? For I real. mean, seriously. He's, and my reaction would be different if this was a Tim Tebow is going to be a quarterback. He's sure. a tight end. Sure. He's a tight right. end. Everyone's like, well, he was a bad pro. He was a bad pro at quarterback. Who knows what he is at, at, at tight end? Who who knows? Right. He did beat the Steelers in the playoffs. So he he did, but he was terrible. That was because the Denver's defense was. That was so that was. He had a ten yard throw across the middle of the field, and the guy took it for sixty. Um, I I I wouldn't. I'm always gonna be on the board of he's a terrible quarterback, but he's not a quarterback. He's a tight end. Um. So I mean. Right. And the thing is, like, you know, it's just frustrating because, you know, I, for me, it's like I don't like how it's always negative. But you know what? You know what? I take pride and joy that they have to talk about Jacksonville for the next seven months. <laughs> you know, deep down, it's killing them. It's killing them that they have to talk about the Jacksonville. Poor me, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what? I think it's funny. Yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars just this week has more news and – uh Talk talking time more than the New York Jets, where everyone thought Trevor Lawrence should go because oh bless his heart he's not going to get endorsements. Well, he's already endorsed by two or three different companies. Where's that? Anyone heard about Zach Wilson nationwide yet? No, thank you. I don't. I haven't either. So, thank you. Yeah. All bless. I've seen about Zach Wilson was he would make a real good bad guy in a teen movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I hope Zach Wilson gets a lot of endorsement money because. He should. He's a number two overall pick, and you're in the right. big, big time uh, market. I, uh, I saw that he he thinks his Madden rating will be about a ninety. Well, he done bumped his head. <laughs> Who was? Because I, I was watching Good Morning Football the other day, and uh, they were talking about uh, quarterback ratings uh, for the rookies. Uh, Fields said, "Well, I'll be like seventy-eight to eighty-one, maybe." Land said, "Oh, I should beat 80-something. Uh, I didn't get any of that. Yeah. So I would like to apologize to Zach Wilson. He has signed a deal with Nike, so good for him. Um, 
So, I mean, good for him. He deserves it. But yep. my point really wasn't trying to attack Zach Wilson. It was a trying to attack the national narrative of Jacksonville. Anyone in Jacksonville can't be anything. Sure. They're going to look at anything negative. I mean, look at what happened when the Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray. Look at how much negative attention that got because oh, he's too short. We don't know what he what he's capable of. Yes, he's mobile, but uh, what's the possibility he he stops playing football in two or three years and goes to play baseball? It happens every year. Yeah, the only time I can remember it not actually happening was last year with Joe Burrow. True. True. That was a universal agreement that he was going to the Bengals, and well, it was a universal was gonna, agreement that that uh, Lawrence is going to Jacksonville, but but they still got to always find something negative because well, that's what draws negative negative media attracts more attention than positive media. And James well, knows that from, from from working in radio for a while. Oh now. yeah, you know what? I can't wait. Right, but you that know. Goes back to, you know they're licking their chops there at Everbank Field. Oh, excuse me, TIA Bank Field. Especially if they get on hard knocks this year. Oh, my. If they get on hard knocks this year, they end up to go to Jacksonville for a nine-week program in the offseason. Oh, heads are going to turn. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, buddy, but I want the Cardinals to get it this year. <laughs> Nothing's interesting with them. I'm sorry. Hey, sh- what? Compared to Jackson, everything is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> no, Urban I get Potter, it. Trevor get Lawrence, it. and Tim Tebow. We can have it next year. Well, when, uh, man, it's when a circus right now. It's a coach. good circus. I love a circus. To this be, is awesome. To be fair, to be fair, the Browns have Mayfield, Chubb, Garrett, Bo Be- Odell Beckham Jr. You've already had Beckham. your hard knocks moment. Hush up. I don't care. I want another one. Why do you want another? What's the storyline with that one? Yeah. Well, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. You telling me that? The potential of them being good is better storyline than see what happens with Tim Tebow week in, week out, especially when they get to the preseason portion. Urban Meyer, his first year in the NFL, love after being away from coaching for two years, and also the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, and also, also, I'd like to rant another media, ran another time for the media. So, Travis Etienne, this is stupid. If you were going to move in the receiver, why did you draft him at number 25? Um, calm your horses. Um, it was rookie minicamp for one. Ever since that the uh, man the voluntary workouts have been going on, he has been doing running back reps. So maybe you should hold your horses and maybe I don't know understand maybe that they want an explosive playmaker like a Percy Harvin. It is Urban Meyer, guys. His most successful years he had a he had a weapon like that. Percy Harvin, Braxton Miller when he wasn't the quarterback. He likes those type of guys. He even came out and said he wanted Kadarius Tony there at twenty five. It broke his heart that he didn't fall there. Do we just take – I understand there's a lot going on in the offseason, but come on. I'm not even an expert, and I know what was going on. People are people are too quick to jump the gun. I'm going to rename oh, Immediately, dude. Immediately. I'm oh, by the way, Najee Harris is working at receiver, but not a peep from anybody. I'm going to rename this segment of news, if that's okay with both of you, to James Rent. James's TED Talk. James's <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> so, that was supposed to be like five minute 
news. A common man time. TED Talk brought to you by your favorite football podcast. The, 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 the Dave LaGricka <laughs> common man TED Talk. No, I, I don't want to be like Dave. Look, Dave's great at what he does. I'm just, is. this is like. We're not going to get this is you, you were like Dave LaGricka there for a minute. <laughs> this is like pent up frustration, man. This is pent up frustration. You know, it's just. How do you think LaGricka feels? Yeah, exactly. Well, his, his is because of a different reason. Mine well, is just, mine is. It still frustrates him. I get it, man, but th- this is just so frustrating is, you know, See? you have guys up there. Like, it, I like watching ESPN. I really do. I like a lot of their uh, um, analysts. But sometimes there's a couple, you know, they just, which I guess is good for them because it, it, it brings attention and it brings ratings. But freaking out over Travis Etienne taking receiver yeah. reps at a rookie mini camp. Well, is that really that. so bad? Well, here's what I'm going to say about that. Any publicity is good publicity. Oh, absolutely. So, the fact that but, they are talking kind of bad about it means that people are talking about it. And other people are going to talk about it. And they're going to talk good about it. Now, to the point of the, where they're wondering what Urban Meyer is actually doing in Jacksonville to that point? Come on. No, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm just saying that publicity is there for them it's just not what everybody would want well speaking of publicity we better get to the actual show before i go on another tangent because uh well, we got to talk about julio jones real quick but, i mean we'll just talk about it real quick because there's there's not a lot just uh the falcons have come out this morning and i, I hinted that earlier said they want to trade julio um there are some front-runner teams that have kind of emerged uh, as a possible trade destination. Um, so you've got uh, the Ravens, the Packers, the 49ers, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Colts, and the Titans. Um, now, Derrick Henry, I just read a minute ago, said that he's pushing for the Titans to sign Julio Jones. So if the well, Titans they can't sign him, they got to trade for him. So. Or, sorry, if they, if they, they got to trade for him, yeah, he's pushing for them to trade. Uh, I tell you, if the Titans trade for Julio Jones, watch out. They, they're they probably going to jump up as a big favorite for it, it, it might end up going Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and then Tennessee as favorites to win the Super Bowl. So the problem with that is what are they going to trade? Yeah. I know, and the, and the rumor is that they have to have significant return. Well, what do the Titans have that are significant returns? You're not, I mean, a first rounder, okay, but that'd be a late first rounder. You're talking 28, 29, somewhere around those right. areas. So, and you're not going to get rid of Derrick Henry for him. No, That's so I mean, you don't have any players outside of Derrick Henry that is worthy of the compensate that number one overall. Um, right. I, 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 I understand where Derrick Henry's coming from because it'll make him more, it makes the team better, but when it comes sure, to realistic. It's not realistic. No, it's well, not. I mean, you have to fork over a lot, and that a lot that they don't have. Well, and the question is, is yeah, you got to fork over a lot, but how how long is Julio going to be performing at one the elite level, and two, how long are you going to be able to keep him? What happens when his contract runs out? I don't know how how long they signed him for. But... You get Julio in order to set your team to the next level. So if a team if you're like Tennessee's a great example, they're a team that's been in the postseason has made deep runs before, but then the last couple of years, that's a team that would trade for Julio because yes, he's up there in age, but he sets you over the edge if you need that improvement at receiver. 
I mean, it's not going to be the Jets or the Jaguars or someone like that trading for Julio because you're in a rebuild mode. You're trying to, you're trying to. It just doesn't make sense because you're not going to win the Super Bowl in two years. But if you're a team like the Tennessee Titans, Baltimore Ravens, I think the Ravens should be in the running there. I think they need him. Um, God, I, think, I hope not. I think Green Bay needs to because I think if Green That's, Bay trades for him, then then you then you get Rodgers back. Okay, because but if the he, problem. If, with, Problem with Green Bay is that you trade for Julio Jones, but what are you going to trade for him? Picks. That's all you can, I guess, picks. And yeah. and do they even have the cap space to take on the contract? That's another question. Um, I think they do. I think so they do. Well, they, offered, they offered Aaron Rodgers more money. It's, true. And, and um, Devonta Adams still needs to sign his contract. But it's right now, so it says Jones is set to draw a base salary of uh, $15.3 million, uh during the, this next season and $11.5 million during 22 and 23 seasons. So let me look at the Ravens cap space because that, that's going to be – not the Ravens, I'm sorry, the, um, the Packers. So Green Bay is uh, – they can't afford that. Their their cat space for this year is two million. Oh yeah, I know. They're no in the way. bottom of the barrel when it comes to cat space. They can't afford to get Julio. No, I thought they could. According to over uh, cap, if over the cap's correct, which they normally are pretty good, they can't afford them. I mean, they're the look, Ravens look can't afford the, them. Look at the Chargers real quick. That could be a potential. So good the team, so the the teams that can afford him right now is Jacksonville, the Jets, Cincinnati, Denver. Cleveland, Washington. Oh God, no! Um, oh, if I'm Cleveland, I'm on the phone. If I'm Cleveland, I'm on the phone. We'll send you Odell if you give us Julio. I'm on the phone right now. Well, I, Indianapolis, yeah. uh, right Chargers. The They've got Detroit. That's, that's 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 a big debate, dude. That's a big debate. Can I finish first before Who's you start Jones talking? Better than any receiver that you guys got on that roster? I'm not let, me fin- that. let me finish reading teams, and y'all can argue. This is what happens when you get me on a rant. First thing on the I, show. You're the one who wanted to talk about news. I'd have been fine just talking about top ten. Let me finish poor my, me. my, poor my me. list. Poor Bears finish. fans and poor's me. <laughs> poor all right, so picking up where I left off before y'all started arguing. I did the, Chargers, the Chargers can afford him. The Lions, the Niners, the Patriots, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. The only teams that can afford him right now. You piqued my interest with the Lions there. Arizona but, doesn't need a a, a a receiver. The Patriots, the Patriots could benefit, obviously, uh, but they'd have to give up a lot. Um, the Niners, probably, the the Niners have are are linked to to maybe going to get him. So uh, I pray that that doesn't happen. No, I mean I don't think they're sending him within the conference. I mean, why would you? Um, yeah, true. It, it's that's what I'm saying. I think if you're Cleveland, I mean. I know that's a big debate, but I mean, you almost have to consider it. You consider it, sure, but yeah. is it going to be? Is it going to be too much? Because you have to pay a lot of people next year. I mean, it. But this comes back to the fact of if, if your 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 window is going to close. I mean, that's a. That's why I'm saying it's it's a team that's mid in the postseason who can, has the opportunity to win Lombardi. That would trade for a guy like Julio Jones. And who knows? Maybe he walks in the door, you trade him, and you restructure a deal. Um, 
man, maybe to that point, maybe you don't even have to get. The only reason I say you get rid of Odell is because if they want someone to return, that's a guy that you know you guys won with. Unfortunately, he had that injury, but you've won without him, so you know you can win without him. Because you still got Jarvis Landry, you still got. Then you would have Julio in that instance. You still have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You still have a pretty solid offensive skill set. True. That's the only reason I threw out Odell. Whether they do it or not, Pat, you're, you'd be more likely to answer that than I would. But that's but that's why if I'm Cleveland and you're that close to a ring and you were that close to knock off Kansas City last year, if it wasn't for Chad Henney running for 19 yards, you're going to do everything at all costs. But my point is you're going to do everything at all costs because you know that gap is not that big. No, it's definitely not. And for Browns, you know, they don't really know what to do with it. You know, they're not used to this position. They're used to figuring out, well, is it going to be the number one quarterback or the number three quarterback going in week one? They're not used to the whole, we're a winning team. We could potentially be a Super Bowl team this year or next year. And we're the Browns. So they're kind of in this weird state of what do we do? And we don't really know what to do. But so the thing I th- I think with the Browns and in trading for Julio, oh, go ahead and finish real quick. So I, so I'll I'll start talking. No, you're fine. I was going to get over to the Odell uh, Julio Jones thing. I personally wouldn't mind it at all. You're right. We have one without OBJ. It sucks because of the injury that happened, uh, but the cap hit for him and it just. If you have to pick between OBJ and Julio, obviously you pick Julio any day of the week. And that's going to spark a debate between fans because some people love OBJ and his quote-unquote love for Cleveland. But some people are looking at it the way me and you were looking at it and the cap hit, the injury, and the fact that it's Julio Jones and you can't pass on that opportunity. Yeah, so if you, I mean, we bring up Odell Beckham, right? So if you were to trade him, according to Over the Cap, if you were to trade Odell Beckham before June 1st, um, he would have zero dead cap and he would be cap savings of 15 and a quarter million dollars. So 15.7. So, and in, so you'd actually be saving money, two to three million dollars, if you got Julio Jones in a trade. Yeah, they'd be saving, they'd be saving four million dollars. Um, what what what's Odell's salary cap hit for next season? For the twenty twenty two or twenty? Yes. Here I can look it up real quick and then for click 20, the button. For twenty two. So for twenty twenty two, his cap hit would be his cap number is fifteen. Yeah. And then okay, so 15, yeah, so so this is actually his most expensive year at fifteen million and seven hundred fifty thousand, and then twenty two and twenty three are both fifteen mil. I mean that's something you got to consider when you when you're looking at you have to like Pat said you got to yeah. sign all these guys. That's a big cap hit. Well, and you look at it too, like I said earlier, Jones is set to make fifteen point three this year, so they're saving about four hundred thousand dollars. Next year he's only going to make eleven and a half. Next season or the twenty two season, the twenty three season, he's only going to make eleven and a half. So you're saving four million there to pay other people. If I'm Cleveland, I'm really considering like, hey, you know, if if they want to be like, hey, you know, Atlanta, we'll give you Odell and we'll give you um, a first round pick. Either I don't know if I'd want to give him this upcoming pick, but maybe the, the one in I'm thinking maybe the one in twenty three. Uh, you might have to give him the second round pick this year, but 
I don't know. I would, be, I would be fine with it. Honestly, I would be fine with that. Mainly for the reason of just getting Julio Jones and the fact that we're going to save money in cap because we are eventually going to have to pay more people. Um, I think this could be very beneficial for the Browns, and they need to act on it quick, too. No, I agree. Um, so, talk about smaller teams real quick. Um, the Chargers can afford him. Um, yeah. And they are a team that's linked. Um, the Lions... The Lions can afford them, but they have nothing to, of trade unless they're just going to trade first-round picks, and that's not that's not a smart idea. Um, Washington could trade, but again, a, a team that doesn't have much to trade. The same thing with Denver; they don't have much to trade. So there are a lot of teams that have the cap that either don't need him or don't have anything for him, right? Trade-wise, so I mean. The Niners don't have any first-round picks for the next two years, so they're out of it. I mean, the Colts, they have first-round picks. They, Well, no, actually, their first-round pick could end up gone uh, yeah. with the Carson Wentz trade, depending on what happens with him. So, right. again, there's not a lot of teams that have a lot for Julio. So, like we talked about with Cleveland, if Cleveland wants to go for it and say, hey, here we go. We're going to go all in on this guy and see what he can do for the next couple of years. I honestly see it, you know, kind of happening. I can see it happening for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I don't. I I could, but I don't think it will. I, I think uh, they're I, I think they're good with what they have. Yeah, I don't think it will, but I could see it. Would I want I, to see it? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I would. Yeah, I mean, because you look at that, and and another another underlying thing that we kind of overlooked is too is um now this is kind of outside of the box, but let's say Cleveland and Atlanta do do a deal. Cleveland sends a first rounder and maybe Brevin Jordan, not Brevin Jordan, David Njoku. Sorry, Miami guys mixed them up. Maybe they send a first rounder and David Njoku. They need a tight end. They got Austin Hooper from them. They haven't really. So, I mean, they got Kyle Pitts, but you can have it. Yeah. But, but you, you know what I mean. Too. So you stepped out for a minute, and, and we talked kind of about that. We said, you know, it would probably take Odell, um, this this upcoming draft second round pick, and then the 23 first round pick is probably what it would take for the trade to happen. Yeah, I, I like, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, because yeah. I don't think Julio's yeah, worth Odell a, and a first rounder at this point in his career, but – um, I say if you want, if you want to tr- take that second pick and second round pick and make it in Joku and give them a fifth round or two, that, then that would work too. And I know yeah. people will mean like you guys. I mean, I kind of forgot about Kyle Pitts, and I was like, wait a minute, they got Kyle Pitts. But could you imagine the rotation between Kyle Pitts and Joku, where if the one guy comes off the field, you just replace him with a, a guy with a similar skill set, maybe not as fast or as big, but. I don't know. I mean, it's worth a look. I mean, it's worth a, a thought at least, right? So yeah, and Joku's good. He just his trouble catching it sometimes. And Joku can make very the spectacular true. catch. He can't make the catch that he's supposed to. That is very good. That's a very accurate re- um, representation of him. Yes. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to our top ten list. I know I'm most to blame for that, but um. Our five minutes of news have turned into 35 minutes of news. Uh, yeah. Yes, it has. And, so, I, and, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to get some heat for my list. So, 
Is this a uh, walk up and leave the hotel room situation? Yeah. Uh, yes. You gotta keep. You gotta keep bringing it up, huh? Yes. Well, well yes, I, you can. That was a terrible. Number I, seven. You leave me alone. I, so I'm gonna tell you, uh, mine is going to be yes until I explain. Well. Since you're kind of okay. teasing this, Raceland, you'll go ahead and start with your number 10, then we'll move to Pat, then we'll go, I'll go third. So, Raceland, um, going from 10 to 1, just start out 10, and we'll obviously do 10, 10, 10, 9, 9, 9, whatever. Um, right. So, Raceland, who is your number 10 on your top my number 10, 10 My number 10 is Reggie White. Okay. He's second all-time sack leader. Uh, he's okay. a one-time Super Bowl champion, two-time defensive player of the year, eight-time All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's he's in the Hall of Fame with two different teams, um, and they're in their Ring of Honor. And he's also he's he's had the number ninety two jersey retired uh, by both teams as well, being the Philadelphia Eagles and the Packers. So to have a jersey number retired by both teams, and to be in both teams' Ring of Honor, that's impressive. Not not many people do that. Um, Peyton Manning will go down that way one year or one oh, yeah. at one point with the Colts and the and the Broncos, but. But to have your jersey yeah. number retired and to be in the Hall of Fame, the Ring of Honor, um, for two different teams is pretty, pretty amazing. And again, second all-time sack leader. Behind, he's behind Bruce yeah. Smith by just a few sacks. Yeah, it's a good pick. I like that. All right, Pat, who do you have? All right, number ten. I've got Ronnie Lott. Now, I wanted to start off with Ronnie Lott here because I originally did have um, Anthony Munoz uh, at number 10, but I Ronnie Lott kind of impressed me just a little bit more. Um, he played 1981 to 1994 with uh, three different teams, 49ers, Los Angeles Raiders at the time, and the New York Jets. Um He's a Hall of Famer as of 2000, a four-time Super Bowl champion, uh, first-team All-Pro, um, I think six years, and ten-time Pro Bowler. He is one of the best defensive backs to ever play. Absolutely. James? So my number 10 is a guy that you can argue to have higher. Um, so, and then... Just a little FYI, a lot of these guys are in the top ten. Most of them are way before our time. So, I mean, we can only go off of stats and YouTube videos and what we – documentaries right. and so forth. But uh, my number ten is Emmitt Smith, all-time leading rusher. Um, obviously, you could have him higher than that depending on how you view other running backs. Um but it's hard to deny what he was able to do in the Cowboys uniform. Obviously, when he went to Arizona, it wasn't the same Emmitt Smith. Um, but, you know, he was also – he had – I, I don't, don't take this the wrong way, but he was one, part of one of the greatest dynasties in NFL history. So when you have, you know, the, the uh, Aikmans and the Irvins and so forth, you're going to do well because you, you can't guard everybody. But – that's not why he was successful. He was just a pretty – he was a great, all-time great running back. Um, and you can't take anything away. He's still the all-time leading rusher. And quite frankly, the way the NFL game's going, it, I don't foresee anyone beating his record. Um, so 
it's just it's hard to take that away from him. It's true. Yeah. yeah great, great running back. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't actually think of him for my list, but uh, right. I don't think I'd make it. Yeah, I don't think I'd make any changes anywhere though. Um, well, and nine, that, he did say that it would be a uh, walk up and leave type moment. So yeah, good point. Good point. Well, I, until I explain why. Well, but anyway, well, we give you an opportunity to explain why. Yeah, I'm about to say we didn't <laughs> get that much of an opportunity to explain. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We did give him an, ex- an yeah, opportunity. Yeah, to- dude, I was damn near getting ready to just walk out the hotel room and say, "Screw the pay per view. I'm not going." It's true. Really but then I remembered I paid money, so. Yeah, yeah we okay. Did. Well, all right. All right, so, but number nine. Number nine, I have Barry Sanders. Okay. He had he, 1,500 yards rushing, 99 touchdowns, um, almost 3,000 receiving yards, 10 receiving touchdowns. He's He, he won MVP. Uh, he's six-time All-Pro, 10-time Pro Bowler. One of the best running backs all time. Okay. No argument here. So far, so good. I'm not walking out yet. No, no, that's later on the list. That's later on the list? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, number nine for me would be uh, Nick Butkus for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he played 1965 to 73, for those who don't know, uh, only with the Bears. Uh, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1979. Uh, six-time first-team All-Pro. Two-time second-team All-Pro and eight Pro Bowls, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, uh, 1969-1970. Just an incredible athlete, an amazing linebacker for the Bears. Uh, when you think of Chicago, you automatically just go to Dick Butkus. I mean, I know that I do. I don't really think of anybody else. Maybe Brian Urlacher, sure, but you um. can't not. Well, you're that. missing one key guy, but this is your list. So well, I say, I, I, say I, 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 I think of well, um, Walter, Mike Singletary and well, I even then, I still think of Mike Singletary. <laughs> okay, well, sure, but you know, Dick Butkus. Obviously, yeah, so, offense. Yes, I know. So I'm going to stick in the same positional group, but a different team. I'm going Ray Lewis there at number nine. Um, Dick Butkus was on my list, and then I kind of remembered somebody, and I had to scratch him off. But um, Ray Lewis, to me, as as a guy that I grew up watching, he was just a different – it, it was just the way he played that position kind of revolutionized what we see today, in my opinion. Um, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was so quick from sideline to sideline, and when he came in the hole to hit you – you were going to feel it. He was one of the most fierce um, linebackers, definitely in our lifetime. Um, and in oh, yeah. and, and the way and in the story of Ray Lewis, how he was offered one scholarship. Obviously, I'm not going to get too far in detail with that, but it, he was just he revolutionized that position to a different degree. Obviously, Dick Buckus and you know and all those guys they revolutionized the position in their own way. But for me, when it comes to what we see in a linebacker today, you know, at the Mike position, you look at a guy like Ray Lewis. When you when you teach kids at the middle, the pop Warner to the middle school to the linebacker, the high school level, you 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 play Ray Lewis film. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had over a thousand tackles and two hundred twenty eight games start. 
He had 41 and a half sacks. He had, you know, 31 interceptions, 67 pass deflections. I mean, it, how can you argue against those numbers? I mean, he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I mean, you can't argue Dick Buckus there. I mean, he, he literally has an award named after him um, for best linebacker of the year. But I guess when it was close, it was between Ray Lewis and Dick Buckus at the middle linebacker position for me. But when it comes to a guy that actually saw, for me, that kind of takes precedent because I can back it up more than, you know. See, I'm trying to take that out of the equation for my picks anyway, is not focus so much on who I saw getting more of an opportunity, but more of like who had an impact more. That's what I... Right, and, and I agree that Dick Buckus had a huge impact, but when it comes to today's football, I don't know if... Oh, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. So, I mean, it's... You know, I know, I know, I know. I was just saying where I'm coming from, thought process. I mean, it's just Ray Lewis, man, and he won two Super Bowls, I believe, one in 2000 and one in, um, in 2014, 13, 13. 13, 13 um, against the 49ers. So, it, it's just hard for me to leave him off the list. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Bears players that come to mind, um, number eight for me is Walter Payton. Uh, I mean, almost seventeen thousand yards rushing, one hundred ten touchdowns, uh, forty five hundred receiving yards, fifteen receiving touchdowns. He he won a Super Bowl. He was Super uh, NFL MVP, uh, five time All Pro, nine time Pro Bowler, and he's got the Man of the Year award named after him. There's there's a reason why Walter Payton is is highly regarded as arguably the greatest uh, running back of all time. True. No argument here. All right, uh, Pat. My number eight would be um, Johnny Unitas. Now, he played for the Colts, uh, Baltimore Colts, rather. And a lot of people don't know, but he played for the San Diego Chargers as well. Um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1979, uh, Super Bowl champion with the Jets, or not the Jets, was the Colts, right? Colts. sorry, I'm sorry, uh, three-time NFL champ, Super Bowl, obviously, uh, third longest touchdown streak in NFL history with 47 games, um, just an amazing quarterback, um, Definitely up there among the greats. Well, and, and you got to think especially for that time, too, because quarterback wasn't really utilized like it is today, obviously. I mean, they they ran the ball right. a lot more back then. So, Oh, yeah, they definitely did. They definitely did. When you had people like Jim Brown at the running back position, I mean, yeah, you're going to get a lot more runs than throws from a quarterback. So, yeah, that's uh, number eight for me. James, your number eight. My number eight is uh, the greatest Colts quarterback of all time. That's Peyton Manning. Um, look, I mean, we we can argue about Johnny Unitas. He was he was one of the greats at the, at his time. Totally different um, position. I mean, totally different time frame. Um, but just what Peyton Manning was able to do. I mean, it's just yeah, it's hard. I mean, five hundred thirty nine touchdowns. Just incredible. True. 
with two teams. Well, uh, my number seven is Peyton Manning. And almost 72,000 yards passing. Like James said, 539 touchdowns. He had a 96.5 passer rating, two-time Super Bowl champion, one-time Super Bowl MVP, five-time NFL MVP. And again, he won Super Bowl, two different teams. So, yeah, you can't deny him. Yeah. So, my number seven is actually um, Reggie White. Um, James already touched on him a little bit earlier. I had to put him no, I did. a little bit. I did. Don't give him credit. I, I did my research. Sh- <laughs> Raceland, however, touched on him a little bit earlier. Um, nothing much more to say about it, but uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're getting we're, we're getting into the spot now where some of the guys were have already going to have talked about. Well, sure, sure. I do have. So maybe, a so maybe it's a good maybe it's a good thing about. we. Maybe it's a good thing we did go 35 minutes <laughs> with the news. <laughs> it's true. All right, James, you're number seven. Water, Peyton. Um, we've already, t- I mean, you've already hit pretty much everything you need to know about Walter Peyton. Um, has an award named after him, obviously, you alluded to. Um, I don't think he's the greatest running back ever. That'll come later. But um, it's argued that he's definitely top three or four. Yeah. Yeah, my number six is is probably the greatest running back of all time, Jim Brown. Uh, Twelve thousand yards, hundred six touchdowns, twenty five hundred receiving yards, uh, one time NFL champion, three time NFL MVP. Uh, he was the fifty seven rookie of the year, nine time Pro Bowler, eight time All Pro. I mean, greatest running back of all time. True. True. Uh, number six for me is uh, Barry Sanders. We already talked about him quite a bit, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass it along to James and get his number six. Yeah, my number six, Bruce Smith, all-time sack leader. Um, I don't think he's the greatest lineman of all time. Um, that'll come later. Um, but when it comes to statistically, he obviously holds the record. Um, but what he was also – he's – Obviously, an all-time great. Um, when you think of the New York Giants, you think of Bruce Smith, um, along with a lot of other great names. Um, so I had to put him there in the top ten. All right. All right. Top five. My number five, Lawrence Taylor. Um, James just kind of alluded to it with Bruce Smith. You think of the Giants, you think of – or you think of him, but – when I think of the Giants, I think Lawrence Taylor. And, I mean, best defensive player of all time, um, two-time Super Bowl champion, one-time NFL MVP, which is hard to do as a defensive player, as we've seen plenty of times. Um, only a handful of guys have ever actually had that accomplishment. Uh, he was the 1981 Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's an eight-time All-Pro, ten-time Pro Bowler. Again, just an all-around he was a monster. I mean, he 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 played a game with a separated shoulder. Um, he, he just he was a guy that you could really lean on when you needed something done. Yeah, true. Uh, number five for me, Walter Payton. Already talked about him a lot. Uh, one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. 
Uh, some would argue the best running back, but um, you're going to have a lot of debate on that one. So, moving over to James. Mine's Reggie White. Um, obviously, Raceland already had him on his list um, as his number 10 spot. Um, but when you just think of all-time great defensive lineman, Reggie White pops into your mind. Um, he did it, like Raceland said, for two different teams. He's uh, had two Hall of Fame careers for two different teams. I mean, that – that's just unheard of. I mean, very little people um, have can have the honor of saying that. But when it comes to revolutionizing the game, um, Reggie White, you have you have to point to him when it comes to the defensive line. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, Reggie White's. Yeah, Reggie White. Yeah, he passed back in two thousand four. Did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Um, all right, my number four, Joe Montana. Joe Montana, he went uh <laughs> Pat's giving me a big old look. Joe Montana in his career was 117 and 47, um, 4,500 passing yards, 273 touchdowns, four-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time NFL MVP, three-time all-pro, eight-time Pro Bowler. I one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. True. Very true. Uh, number four for me uh, is Jim Brown. One of again, one of the greatest running backs to ever do it. Uh, especially in his time when running back was a predominant thing. I mean, it was it was how you got points back then. I mean, like Raceland said earlier. I mean, quarterback wasn't really utilized as much as it is now. Um, so Jim Brown is a four for me. Yeah. So my four is Lawrence Taylor. Um, just to add on to what Rayson said earlier in the show about Lawrence Taylor is he is arguably one of the most feared defensive players to ever suit up in a uniform. Um, and that's saying something considering you had Jack Lambert, I mean, Joe Green, Dick Budkiss, but Jack Tatum. Um, but when you think of feared, ruthless, um, just when he hits you, you're going to feel the pain. Um, it's Lawrence Taylor. We all know the highlight of Joe Theismann and the broken leg. Um, and if you see, if you ever want, if you ever watch highlight films of Lawrence Taylor, I mean, if he was, if he were playing in the NFL today, he'd probably be suspended more than he would be playing because that's how violent he played. Um, and at that yeah. time, I mean, it, I don't know, it's a different time, obviously, but. Um, oh yeah, man, he was so good at what he did, and just when you talk about playing with aggression, he played with that and then some. Absolutely. All right, are you guys ready to get up and walk away? Oh, uh, here we go. Number three, number three, Sammy Ball. Bless you. No, no. <laughs> Sammy Ball. I mean, what's your defense there? All right. Yeah. Come here. I'm, 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 I got to wait for Beavis to get back here. I'll hear Isaac Yankum. All right. I will. I will hear you. Yeah. Sammy Ball. Not only did he play quarterback, but he also was a defensive back and a punter. You get ready for this. You might want to get some popcorn ready too, because it might be a minute. Two-time NFL champion, four-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time NFL Player of the Year. Had 187 touchdowns, 
to 203 touchdowns or interceptions. Sorry. Um, now, obviously, by today's standards, that's not great. But again, like we talked about with Johnny Unitas, quarterback back then was underutilized. If you had more touchdowns than interceptions in a season, you were considered elite. So for him to average about 12 touchdowns to 13 interceptions a year had to mean he was pretty good to be almost 500, if not almost above. Um, As a punter, he averaged uh, 45 yards per punt, which is better than half of what the NFL can do now, even considering with what they have with, with all the specialties that uh, with every NFL team that include like medical personnel, state of the art weight rooms, um, all of the health advances that we've made in, in the in the past recent years. Um, as a defensive back, he forced 47 fumbles. He had 21 recoveries, 31 career interceptions, and 11 of which came in one season back in 1943. I mean, you want to talk about great football players, that's a great football player to me. The, I'm man, not gonna, the, the, man, the man played everywhere. I'm not going to disagree with you having him on your list. I'm going to disagree with where you put him. That's my main top five. With that. Yeah. No, okay. But what's this? What's the list? Top five players of, or top 10 players of all time. You can't tell me that a guy who played that never took a break is, is not a great player. Oh, well, top 10, sure. Well, I'm not saying he's not a great player, but you also read off a year that's quite jarring, and that's 1943. Yeah. I mean that's a different era in football, and um, if you had him, yeah, that, again, that's why I'm saying again, 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 like I said earlier with Johnny Unitas, and I'm saying it again here, an era where quarterback wasn't utilized, where Jim Brown is the greatest. That's the era that Jim Brown is the greatest running back of all time. Man, if you're getting 11 interceptions in one season, where your quarterback isn't getting big numbers then that's impressive. It is impressive. I'm not saying it's not. No one's saying impressive. it's not impressive. It, it's just, it you is. had him at number what? Three? Number three. I uh, mean, dude, uh, I can name two you, better players right now. If uh, you had him at eight or even seven, I would be okay. I got him at number three. I mean, we're, we're, we, we talk about, like, the list is greatest players of all time. Well, it's your list. I mean, Sammy Baugh is overlooked because he's looked because his his primary position was quarterback, and he wasn't a great quarterback. But again, the man played everywhere. He averaged forty five yards per punt, which again he, he was like he could be like was like twelfth in the NFL now. If he were to play, if if he were still around and he was a punter now, he'd be, I think twelfth is what I read. Um, I mean. It, Again, and also to play defensive back, 47 fumbles in his career. At forced fumbles, I, 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 I just thought that, you know, talking about greatest players, that he was one of them. Because, I mean, you, you want to take the – You want to take the saying of putting the team on your back. He really put the team on his back. That's true. I'm not taking anything away from him. All I'm saying is there are – better players than him. And that's so, why I don't have him number so, one. If now, you were to have him I wouldn't have him top five. I'd be okay. I, I get where you're coming from, Bracelet. I agree. I mean someone like that is overlooked. But you're also the reason I say the year is important there is nineteen forty three. Back in the nineteen forties, 
everybody played both ways. Most likely, if you look at those rosters, you'll see multiple guys doing that because at that time, they didn't sure. have look, they didn't man do what Sammy Ball did. Especially in that World War II era of football, it was right. a lot different than now because people were getting drafted and I mean, people had to step away from it, go from NFL to the war. I mean, sure. so am I trying to take away from him what he did? Because that's impressive, absolutely. But when you look at greatest, there, you, there are some names out there, I mean, that should be ahead of him. I'm top 10. I, I'm not going to argue you shouldn't be in the top 10. I mean, you just listed a whole bunch of accolades and what he can do in today's game. But sure. for me, I mean, there's two guys, that one and two, that should be ahead of him. And then you could yeah, argue, and then you argue. I guess my point is when you talk about top 10 players of all time, at some point at all time list, and this is my opinion, correct me if you, if you disagree, but did they revolutionize the position they played? He didn't revolutionize. He didn't revolutionize putting, putting, punting. He didn't revolutionize quarterback, and the only one you could say is the the interception. Eleven interceptions. The odds are they didn't play. You know, they obviously they played a way shorter schedule in the nineteen forties. Mm-hmm. That that's impressive. So it is that one. I, I'll you could argue, but the other two you definitely couldn't. So for me, a top ten list, you have to have a revolutionary factor to it. Like if all, everyone that we all listed so far today. See, I I, I agree. The revolutionary factor is the revolutionary factor is big. It's it's big for a list like this. But again, I mean, you you get a guy that's was just all around great, an all around great player. Like I said, he he averaged about twelve touchdowns to thirteen interceptions every year. But again, like you said, they didn't play him as many games. They and like I said, if before, if if you had more touchdowns to interceptions, you were considered an elite quarterback then. So for him to be about 500, I, he, he's got to be pretty damn good at, at quarterback. To average 45 yards, which is, again, again, I, that, that's one thing I can't stress enough. Better than half of what the NFL is doing today with everything that they have. The medical personnel, the, the, uh, the medicines that we have, the state-of-the-art weight rooms, if he's doing that with – he's doing a – he did a better job than half the NFL now, I, I, I have to put him number three. That, that's the way I felt about it. And I get it, but again, I hear did he, yeah. it's just – you look at guys that came after him. I mean, Terry Bradshaw was the same situation. I mean, he obviously didn't punt the football, but he was around – He I mean, the numbers he put up wasn't – spectacular but he's considered one of the greats um i, I just don't know if you revel like the revolutionary factor is one that's standing out to me you listed a lot of things and for that he deserves to be talked about but when it comes to the top five let's just not even talk about the rest of the 10 should it be the top 10 you can make a great argument and you have so but number three all time what did he revolutionize and, and Play, playing uh, every position well, re- really good. Almost, I don't want to say perfect, but playing every position to, I mean, obviously, obviously, you look at quarterbacks today. If you're if you're twelve and thirteen, you're not going to be on a team very long. Um, but you get, but again, he's he's 
if he had those numbers as as a defensive back on a team, he'd still be on a team. If he was a punter averaging 45, he'd still be on a team. Right, but, I, I but my question is if he'd be on a team. We're talking, I mean, this isn't a who, I guess you and I. And I know, and I know, but. It, I mean, like anybody I, we name on the on our list would be on a team. I mean, it's, it, it, I guess, like, I see your point is he was good at everything. He should be talked about more. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Until today, I didn't know who he was. So, I mean, you, you brought some great information to us and have, and you created a great debate. But my argument is to be in the top five outside of, yes, he had a great punting average, even back, I mean, 1943, having 45 yards, he was probably looked at as a, a mainly man. Um, the quarterbacks, look, all quarterbacks in that era were pitiful. Like, in today's standards, pitiful. Back then, they were great, like you said. And then the defensive back was good. But... I just it's hard for me to pinpoint a revolutionary thing with him to where I'm I'm putting above two guys for sure. Well that's why it's my list and not yours. Well, right, but I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. That's why it's my list and not yours. Yeah. I just I, I still gotta stick with what I originally said. If you had him like ten to eight somewhere in there. Sure. Look, but. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna tell you when I was making my list, I was looking around. A few guys had him actually above three. One guy had him at number one. He ain't he ain't the best player of all time. No, it's not happening. I'm sorry. No, I agree with you. I know he's not the best. Obviously, I've got. I'm willing to bet the three of us have the, the same one and two. When we're done here, I want whoever said that's Twitter handle. I'm gonna have a talk. Well, so, Twitter, uh, it was as we move closer to the number one spot, Pat, who do you have sitting there at number three? Number three, I've got Joe Montana. One of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He was the greatest quarterback ever until a certain someone came along. Um, just, I mean, not enough things can be said about Joe Montana. I mean, great quarterback, definitely revolutionized the quarterback position for sure. Um, I mean, when you think of 49ers you automatically go to joe montana or another certain someone number two yeah number two so it looks like we're all having the same top two so that's good to know um so joe montana's not on my list um just how it's unfolded is just not on the list barry sanders is my number three um you're talking about a guy that he retired in his prime he revolutionized the way the running back position was played. He was so electric. He was so electrifying on the field. He could score at any moment to where, I mean, there's some games where he went from one yard gain, two yard gain, negative yards, negative yards, and broke a 60 yarder. Um, and then, as Rayson alluded to earlier, the 3,000 yards out of the backfield. That was relatively new at that point, was using a running back outside of the backfield. Um, and he took it to another level to where now you look at running backs. I mean, we talked about Travis Etienne at receiver. That Who knows? If Barry Sanders wasn't doing that in the 90s and in his prime, maybe this is not even happening. So Barry Sanders, to me, revolutionized the way the, the running back, the running game, the, the rushing attack, and the way the running back position is played. And And the argument still stands. If Barry Sanders did not retire when he did, 
he would have had the rushing record and probably would have set it to where it was probably uncatchable, even for Emmett Smith at the time. And that's a that's a legit debate. I mean, that's just the way. I mean, I'm not just making that up. True. Okay. Um, I agree with you. He revolutionized the the position, but so didn't Walter Payton. I agree, and that's why Walter Payton's on the list. But my my whole theory, the reason I put Barry in front of Walter is because I genuinely believe that if Barry Sanders did not retire when he did, he would be the all-time leading rusher, and it would and Emmett Smith wouldn't have caught him. So that's so I'm not denying the fact that Walter Payton didn't revolutionize. He certainly did. That'd be idiotic to say he didn't. But my sole reasoning of putting him there at three is because of what could have been. Now, am I wrong for doing that? People will probably say yes. But it's hard to I – mean, he, when he retired the way he did, it's just, man, there's so much left for him to take. True. I could be petty and I could really argue this, but I'm not – for time's sake, I'm not what, going Tony to. Maselli? <laughs> what, Tony Maselli? So, No, I'm not going to argue Tony Maselli. <laughs> well, what's the petty then? Be petty. I mean, Walter Payton was a better running back. He he had more 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 yards, more touchdowns. Now again, he I get it. He played longer. Okay, but but then, we're looking. Then you completely missed my point there. Because no, no, he, I know I know, what you, I know your point. You're looking. At, you you based it off of what could have been, not what did happen. What did happen was when he was playing, he was the best running back on the field, and what could have been is the greatest running back of all time. And I agree with you. He could have. But that's the key phrase. Could have. I'm going to be the mediator here and say you can pick either Barry or Walter Payton as your number three. And I wouldn't argue with either of you. And, both, and, all, and all number 34 won a Super Bowl. Both of them revolutionized. revolutionized well, okay. Well, if you want to bring that involved, uh, Barry Sanders, number 20, did that in a Detroit Lions uniform of all places. So, yeah, 34 won the Super Bowl, but he was on a pretty damn good team as a whole Barry Sanders he was the Lions there was no other person worth talking about when it comes to the Detroit Lions at that time frame and he did what he did on that team that's That's, what makes it so impressive that's very true if he was on any other team that had as much talent if you put him on that team that uh, Walter Payton was on bet he wouldn't have done more than Walter Payton did but again we're playing off of I'm just could have been of well, you're the one that brought the Super Bowl involved. You're the I'm, one that brought the Super Bowl that's involved. That's what I'm saying. Again, we're, play, we're playing off of what could have been. I'm, I'm going off of what he did on the field. I, I mean, mean what, what, what happens if Carson Palmer doesn't get hurt in the playoffs with the Cardinals? Man, the Cardinals beat the, the, the Panthers, and, and the Cardinals go on to play the, the Broncos in the Super Bowl. And what could have happened? Okay. What? You're arguing something totally different. What yeah. I'm arguing No, we're is, looking at what could have happened instead of what did happen. Well, what did happen was Barry Sanders was the best running back on the field. You two can debate about that on your own time. Again, no one's arguing that Walter Again, that's Payton. why that's why I said I could I could be petty, but Okay, I but, but I know. I know. So I'm 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 arguing with you just for the sake of arguing because I think it's funny. I I would agree with you. I I would I think Barry's probably better, but just for the sole purpose of this list, I had I put Walter first. And that's fine. No argument there. And you know, there's some people that have Walter in that's, front of Barry, and there's again, even and again, there's that's people why I said that have I could Jim be Brown petty, as well. 
Yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky. I was being nice because I almost brought a James Harrison 100 yard touchdown return uh, the other way. Hey, 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 hey. We don't talk about that. We don't talk. I I do. You're the one that wanted to get petty and start throwing shade, man. I was getting ready to. I have the arsenal. But if it helps you too, I was getting ready to throw my own team under the bus and say the referees parting in the end zone with the the Patriots when they score a touchdown. They acted like they were at a comedy show, laughing and smiling. That's true. They, so, I think they went for a round of beers afterwards. We Good turned gracious. Off afterwards. They probably did. They probably did. Anyway. So, moving on to number two. Number two. I'm going to assume we all have Jerry Rice. Yes. Yep. Okay. I mean, Jerry Rice, great receiver all the time. Three-time Super Bowl champion, one-time Super Bowl MVP, 10-time All-Pro, 13-time uh, Pro Bowler, most receiving yards in history. Probably never going to be broken. No. He's the best receiver to ever play. Not even close. Not even close. Um, You can't even make a case for anybody else. I mean, nobody compares to Jerry Rice at all. The only one, and literally number two, I mean, who would, I mean, Randy Moss, Terrell, I mean, Fitzgerald. Maybe Terrell. Maybe Fitzgerald, but the problem is, the thing with Fitz is, I I love Fitz, and I know you do too, Raceland. But Randy, Moss, but Randy Moss, dude, in the prime of his career, especially when he was in Minnesota, that was, a, that was a bad man. That's true. That's true. Fitz. He, Not like Randy Moss. As much as I love Fitzgerald, he wasn't no Randy Moss. Randy Moss is no Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is in the top, what, four for every receiving category there is. Top four, every, every, whether it's yards, touchdowns, receptions, four. Again, well, turn on the film and look at the explosiveness of Randy Moss. And Okay, if Larry Fitzgerald was faster, he'd be the greatest receiver of all time. <laughs> well, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. But, but Larry Fitzgerald has never been know, fast. You know what? He's just yeah. been the great receiver. He's just been a great receiver. He's been a great, reliable receiver. And that's the greatest thing of his, is he was always reliable. True. All right, so based off of your your guys' conversation there, we should do a top ten receivers list. Because I want to hear... I want to hear where... We already gave away our top three, so... Yeah. Well, I want to hear where Larry uh, Larry fits on Rayson's list. One. I tell you right now, you know... (laughs) One. And now, if we did our favorite receivers, sure, but, but no, well, Jerry Rice would still be number one. He better be. I mean, Jerry yeah, Rice. I just love for you now. Fitzgerald Jerry be number Rice, two. man, he was on another level. And could you? I mean, I'm not saying I believe this, so don't don't bring the pitchforks. But could you argue nice without Jerry Rice, the 49ers dynasty maybe or maybe not would have happened? Um. That's a tough question. That's a very tough question. Because did I mean, correct, I mean did Rice just play with Montana or did he play with both Young and Montana? I think it was just Montana. It was played, both. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because then they traded uh, they traded Montana out to Kansas City. That's right, because Young came after. Yeah. Yeah. So, but without Jerry Rice, does that even happen? Like, obviously, the trade would happen. I mean, obviously, but. Does that dynasty occur? 
because he was such a pivotal part of what they were able to do. I'm gonna no, say, because, so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because, I mean, without Jerry Rice, you don't have Joe Montana. Without Jerry Rice, you don't have Steve Young. Without Jerry Rice, you don't get Terrell Owens as a rookie. Yeah. Also, so, uh, our number two spot, we were actually, I was wrong. Randy Moss would not even be number two. So. You're going to put Terrell Owens? Michael Irvin. Yeah, that's a good. That's that's a good. No. Question. What? No. No to Michael Irvin. Oh, now I really want to see his list. Jeez. Michael Irvin would be top five. Top Definitely. two. Yeah, but. Mm. Who's mm. your number? Who's your number two? Mm. What do you think? Fitz. Don't say it. Oh, bless oh you. God. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? No. Oh. Are you talking favorite? No. Oh, my God. He ain't better than Michael Irvin, Holmes. Messed up. Stat wise, yeah, absolutely. Stats aren't everything, pal. Blake Bortles is like he had he was one of the best one of the had one of the better rookie years when it comes to touchdown passes, but now what? Yeah, he had a great rookie season. You can't you can't take that away from him. Now he sucks. It's fine. Okay. But what I'm saying, my point is, you can't just always look at stats and say, well, this guy's better. Michael Irvin on film, dude. You telling me that he ain't better than Larry Fitzgerald? He is. It's probably, I mean, it's right probably now, the bias right in now. me. But... No, here we go. Here's the real test. Oh, right now, you can pick one receiver in their prime to be on the Arizona Cardinals right now. Who are you picking, Larry Fitzgerald or Michael Irvin? Again, the bias is going to come out. I'm going to say Fitzgerald. Bias the aside, bro. It's hard to put bias aside when he's your favorite player of all time. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you, James. Who's your favorite player of all time? NFL player. Who's your favorite? My favorite player of all time, Jones Drew, just because I watched him. Maurice Jones Drew. Okay, so would you rather have Maurice Jones Drew or Walter Payton? Bias aside, Payton's better. He would help us win a Super Bowl. Okay, but you hesitated there for a second. I mean, because he's your favorite player, so it's it's right, hard. But I, when it comes to winning a Super Bowl, Michael Irvin was just—I I see your point, and I agree with that. I I I I, go, I do agree with you now. Bias is always going to come and play because I love Marisha Jones Drew. That's what I'm well, You hesitated. The fact but, that you you hesitated proves kind of proves my point. Right. Okay. But yeah, Michael I'm, Irvin is okay. better than Larry Fitzgerald. In your opinion, Walter Payton better than Maurice Jones Drew. I can say that even with my bias. So, well, Michael Irvin was he was great in college, he was great in the NFL. Yeah, was Michael Irvin ever on the cover of an NCAA game? Well, he was there in the 80s, there, pal. They didn't know what a video game was in the 80s. No, they did, they had Pong. Oh, yeah, Pong. That ain't games. College football. Could Pong. you imagine? College football, 86. <laughs> Michael Irvin's still wouldn't be on it. Larry Fitzgerald was on the cover of an NCAA oh, game. Too. Bless you. Michael oh. Irvin so would have been on it. The Miami Hurricanes in the 80s. Are you stinking kidding me right now? That's that's my point. The, the Miami Hurricanes in the 80s. How many how many other players on the Miami Hurricanes team would have been on that Could have been on the cover instead of Michael Irvin? Michael Irvin would have been the guy. That, that's, that smirk on your face says it all. <laughs> it ain't my, his fault that the Miami Hurricanes was a dynasty. It ain't my fault that the 
Larry Fitzgerald's the best player to walk through the University of Pitt's doors until Aaron <laughs> Donald for 15, 20 years. <laughs> we leave our number one. I don't care. I'm still yelling at Raceland. You took. I know. If college football '87 was a thing, Michael Irvin would have been. Oh, actually, yeah, he was on the '87 team. So if Michael Irvin, if college football '87 would have been around, Michael Irvin, because of the his personality and for sure the way he played on the field, he would have had a shot at the cover. Yeah, he would have. He definitely would have. That's another and, argument for another day. Yeah. Well, you guys put bias into it too, so. I did not. I I straight up said Walter Payton is better than Reese Jones Drew. You hesitated. You hesitated. That proved my point. The the biasy is real. You hesitated. To where I would not hesitate with that that question at all. Bull. You wouldn't. No bull. No. Bull. I would not. Who's who's, who's who's your favorite favorite Browns player? My favorite Browns player. I just I'm just gonna go favorite player. Favorite player of all time. Yeah. Ladanian Tomlinson. Okay, who would you rather have, LT or uh, Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders. See, see, we talked about it, and he didn't hesitate for a reason. <laughs> no, I have one for you. No, are you kidding? So, who would Barry- you rather have? Who would you rather have, Nick Chubb or LT? There's a the hesitancy right there. God, I, uh, you got hit where guess- it really hurts. It's early on in Nick Chubb's career, though. He ain't, gonna, he ain't never going to be an LT. No, he's never going to be an LT. I mean, and that's not a knock on Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb's probably top four running backs right now, maybe even two. Oh, yeah. So it's not a knock on Nick Chubb, but it was just how special LT really was. Well, absolutely. And if if you had to pick between LT or Nick Chubb, I mean, they're they're so damn similar that it's it's it, you can't. Man, I don't know, man. The hesitancy, the hesitancy. Also, hesitancy before we get to number one, my goal before the season starts is I want to get our good friend, good friend Dan, back on the show. So he was obviously he did the road tripping, but him and I off air talked about. He says that he would not, he would not resign Nick Chubb to a big money contract. So I would love for Dan and Pat to argue back and forth. I think that'd be. I'm like, race. I want to come over for some bag of popcorn. What? That'd be fun to watch. Are you kidding me? Oh no, 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 no. You look here, Dan. You look here, dude. Me and you, mano a mano. All right, wrestling ring tonight. I will explain to you and your whole family why you're wrong. Okay, I will personally drive to your house right now and tell you you are wrong good luck with that one <laughs> i will where's he live well, in ohio i'm not going to give an actual name but uh well, well, i'm, I'm going to try to get him on the show ohio. <laughs> i'm going to try to get him on the show because i think that'd be hilarious it'd to be, watch it'd be good it'd oh, be oh oh be we're gonna have to talk dude that that might be the highest viewed episode ever we don't have a talk <laughs> That might top our uh, draft special. Yeah, uh, just let me know when, so I don't have to plan anything out. We can just sit here and talk about that all night. <laughs> Seriously, that's fine. By I don't. Me. Need, yeah, I'm just gonna hit record and let them argue back and forth. That is the episode. Yep. There we go. Don't even do it. Don't don't even bring don't even bring it in. Don't do the intro. Just no. <laughs> just open it up to them arguing. I'm all for that. Let's do it. Let me know when he's on. <laughs> 
I mean, he talked to me about it for a good 10 minutes, so I know why already. But I'm not going to tell you why. Or And even when we're done recording, I'm not going to tell you why because I want this to be very authentic when it comes to uh, you two yelling at each other. Um, um, I mean, I've got a good idea why, but yes. I'm going to say one thing right now about re-signing Chubb. You would be an absolute freaking moron to not re-sign Chubb. Do you think we have Jenna on the show too? I don't think that would go well. Jenna and Pat tag team and Dan. That sounds weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that would go. Because you know Jenna, man, when she gets when she gets she gets going, she gets fired up, and she gets she doesn't stop. Bring her in too. Why not? I wonder what she thinks of it. James, yeah, this is something that you and I are going to just have to get together and just sit around and eat snacks. <laughs> yes. This yeah, dude. I have to do that soon. You need to let me know when he's on because I'm ready for this one. So, all right. Anyway. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. We can all oh. agree here, right? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So, go ahead. Terrell Owens. Bless you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't even see your face. Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady? No. You all three got Tom Brady, right? Yeah. No. What? Who do you have a one? Johnny Unitas. Bless you. No, um, I'm kidding. It is Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fast. So, Tom Brady's number one. He, he six was. Super Bowls. Obviously, what he did was kind of cemented. It, it's. You want to know what I wrote for Tom Brady? Oh, what did you write? Number one, Tom Brady, seven Super Bowl trophies, five M- MVP of five of them. Enough said. All I wrote. Yeah, and, and you know the people that are out there. You know there are a group of people, a lot of people actually, that you know, the whole spy gate, the flake gate, come into play. But like I, I think I told it to Pat on episode once. I don't know if you were on the episode at that time. Raceland was what he did th- this year in Tampa Bay kind of overwrit all those things. Mm-hmm. In a COVID year, first year on a team, a team that was below below five hundred last year, and take them to the playoffs, go on the road all the games to New or- to um, New Orleans, to um, Green Bay, and then obviously the Super Bowl. And they had another game on the road before this, too. Went on the road all three games and still went to the Super Bowl. And not just beat, they dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. They handled them, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't even close. You knew by the first quarter how that game was going to go. Now, obviously, that was a whole team effort, but Tom Brady brought that mentality to Tampa Bay. True. Absolutely. I mean, when he came out of Michigan, people were looking down on him saying he wasn't going to amount to anything. I mean, based off of the picture, they were just going off of that. Um, He wasn't even spectacular at Michigan, but he played every down like it was going to be his last. And obviously it paid off for him in the the long run. I mean, seven-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, He went to the Buccaneers and his first year won the Super Bowl with them. Uh, Granted, it wasn't all him, but I mean... He's a big part of it. I mean, he's the big part of that. So anybody who doesn't have Tom Brady in their at, at number one, if you don't have Tom Brady at number one or even in your top ten, then, I mean, 
you just probably don't like him for personal reasons. I mean, that's if you, if you don't have Tom Brady at number one, if you want to argue Jerry Rice, you could, but it wouldn't probably go over very well. If you don't have him in your top three, it's because you hate him and, you, right. and well, you're just you're and you're just jealous. If you're not in your top ten, you're a dumbass. I'll take it a step further. There's probably going to be people out there that don't even have him in the top 10 because of their vendetta against Tom Brady. And those people are dumb. At some I'm point, guys, do, am I a fan of Tom Brady? No. Do no. I, did, I like, did I like the deflate gate and the spy gate? No. No. Now, I'm not going to hammer on that because that's in the past. It, it's happened and came and gone. What he did this year, to me, was so impressive that – he, it's hard to deny the fact that he's the goat at this point. It's hard to. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. But we are finally wrapped up our top ten list after a personal rant for myself, a me and race one argument, a Pat almost mini rant. Um, hopefully we can get Dan on the show again to have that matchup of the century. Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you sticking out with us. Um, I know this is a longer episode, over an hour long. Um, but we really do appreciate you, uh, you know, listening week in and week out to us just talk, you know, football. Us flab our gums about something we all have passion, uh, all have passion for. 